Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. We are into week 11, and we've got big running back news to kick off the show as uh, we will look at the running backs in the Thursday night matchup. Adam Azer, Heath Cummings, and Jamie Eisenberg breaking down the AFC home games for Fantasy Week 11. A week that I thought maybe was crappy at running back, but Jamie said, What are you talking about? Oh, sorry, at quarterback. Jamie said, What are you talking about? It's great at quarterback. Did you mean that? Is a guy that looks a little crappy at quarterback to me? I mean, you have the opportunity to start Tua, who I think is going to be great against the Jets. Cam, who's going to be good against the Washington football team. Uh, Justin Fields, who's going to be good against the Ravens. Jimmy Garoppolo could be good against the Jaguars. There are some very good streaming options for you available. Mm-hmm. However, the non-streamers, are you feeling a little shaky about, say, Justin Herbert? No, not at all. Aaron Rodgers? No, not at all. Russell Wilson? A little bit. Okay. You got one. I I think <laughs> like the Herbert one, I've almost felt like I don't know why I'm not shakier on Herbert, but I'm pretty much feel fine with him. They could I'm be with down you. in terms of the Steelers. TJ Watt, Joe Hayden, and Mika Fitzpatrick. Right. Yeah, that helps. But he, he you know. I do. I I do think the um, for me it's Rogers, Wilson, Hertz, and Burrow are all kind of a little iffy. Why are you concerned about Rogers? Because I just kind of think that's where he lives in that in that QB twelve ish range, and he he wasn't good last week, and now he's playing without Aaron Jones. Yeah, and that's his number two wide receiver. I mean, Minnesota's defense is so beat up and bad. And who did not play well against them last week? Herbert. Exactly. All right. So, but for Rodgers, yeah, I th- Heath, you know, Heath hates it. He thinks Aaron Rodgers is like a borderline Hall of Famer. I, so, no. Never said that. <laughs> I love Rodgers, but he's practiced so little in the last couple of weeks. And he's got this toe injury now. I guess that's the only thing that really concerns me. I'll be starting him. I mean, I would start Rodgers over. I, I said those four quarterbacks. He's my favorite of the Wilson Burrow Hertz group. Um, right. But there's some streamers ahead of him for me. Yeah, and it also looks like a uh, Heath. Maybe I think you might might get an agreement here. Loaded at running back this week. I I said it earlier in the week. It felt like when I was putting my rankings together that running back was deeper than wide receiver, which is just dumb. Um, <laughs> but that's the way that it felt. So yeah, there's there's a few. There's a few starting running backs who are barely even in my top 24, which is which is something. We might have 25 running backs to start this week. Okay, let's talk about Thursday night, and then we'll get into the start of the week and the players to avoid and all that. We got a question in the chat that I 
did not click. There it is. Should I take a shot at Nick Chubb, who's still on the reserve COVID list, or start Damian Harris, who will play tonight for the Patriots? Jamie, answer this question and then pivot to just your analysis of the Patriots running backs. I think if these are the only options that I have and we get to the night game and he's still not activated off the reserve COVID-19 list, then you have to play it safe. But as we saw with, you know, Rogers and Noah Fant and I'm trying to think of some other guys recently that were activated, I think it was like Friday and Saturday. Um, Rogers was obviously Saturday, but we knew that going in. But I think Fant was like Thursday or Friday last week um, where he was activated. If, if he doesn't get cleared and this is the only option that you have, then you have to play safe and start Damian Harris. But I would like to hopefully have another option available to me. Maybe you could trade Damian Harris for Dearness Johnson if you want to, if you're not you know, uh, guaranteed to be starting Damian Harris week in, week out. Uh, in terms of the Patriots running backs, I think it's going to be a, a shared situation. I'm going to I'm gonna go opposite of what Dave and Heath have said the last couple of days. I think it's going to still be Ramondre Stevenson as the lead guy, but it's like a 55-45 split. You know, It's going to be very close. They're both going to play. I think both have an opportunity to uh, be really successful because they'll probably be playing with a lead. The Falcons' run defense has been bad. So I think both of these guys are borderline starters, uh, but I'll still give a slight edge to Ramondre Stevenson. So when I update my rankings after our show here, I'll probably have Stevenson in like 25 and Harris like 26 or 24, 25, something like that. Um, yeah, I, I man, I really hadn't considered the possibility that Chubb might not get cleared, but I guess that's a, a possibility. I actually, I'll flip-flop a little bit from what I said yesterday because when I updated the projections this morning, I came out with Stevenson one spot ahead of Chubb, both of them right around that RB24. One spot ahead of Harris. One spot ahead of Harris. Yes, not (laughs) ahead of Chubb unless he doesn't play. Right. Oh, my gosh. I hope he plays. (laughs) He's going to rush for 200 yards, Nick Chubb, if he plays. But uh, all right. So so they're low-end starters. 22 and 23 for me. Like Kind of like in the 25 range for Jamie. Is the starting Falcons running back – the best nope. running back in this game. Well, if it's Patterson, right? If it's Patterson, yes. It would be Patterson, Patriots guys, rest of Falcons backfield. But if there's no Patterson, I would take both Patriots guys over Mike Davis and uh, Wayne Gallman. There was there was the note yesterday about um, that Arthur Smith said the usage of Wayne Gallman was more related to the score and, and situation, why he played so much. But if there's no Patterson, they're going to play both guys. So right, you know, right. I don't care what happened last week. Yeah, and I, I think like when you look at where Harris and Stevenson are, there's a there are a lot of running backs that we just don't know about for Sunday that we're going to have to make tough decisions on. Like you you have to start them both over either of the 49ers running backs right now, probably. Unless you have both. Unless you have both. Um I'm gonna start both over over Devontae Freeman. I'm gonna start both over any of the Seattle backs. So Okay. Man, I just I still see like you. Do you really not see Mike Davis having at least five catches in this game? Because that's just yeah what the Patriots do. They give up the receiving totals, and he's that's twenty five yards though for Mike Davis the way he's played this year. <laughs> okay, all right, but then if he gets another twenty five rushing yards, then you've got a, a ten point floor in PPR. I've got him at RB twenty eight. That's about about where I have him. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, then that's your Thursday night update, Jamie. Who do we love this week? Uh, Tua Tungvaloa, the start of the week. Uh, love the setup for him taking on the Jets. Uh, my only concern, obviously, is the finger. You know, if he if he gets hurt and he has to leave the game. But, you know, we've seen him in this setup before, taking on Jacksonville and Atlanta, very similar type of matchups where he had success against them, 25 or more points in those two games. And the Jets the last month have basically given up, you know. Uh, no, stop. They've given up. 
Yes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, 24 or more fantasy points to the last five quarterbacks that they faced. So this is Tua's time. I mean, you know, past the trade deadline, you know, had his moment in a primetime game, you know, coming off the bench for Jacoby Brissett and getting 12 fantasy points in the second half of that game against Baltimore. I know the defense obviously is the big reason why they won that game, but, you know, Tua led them on uh, an important scoring drive. And so I, I like the setup for him. You know, I wish he had his full complement of weapons, but I think with, with Waddle and Gusecki and Gaskin, he has enough and whatever he'll get from uh, uh, Isaiah Ford and, and Albert Wilson. So it's a very good setup for, uh, for Tua to have a big game. How tempted were you to make Miles Gaskin the start of the week again? Um, I actually wasn't tempted. It's it's uh, it's just so hard to hard to trust him. You know that game where he was the start of the week, it was so frustrating because he had one point seven yards per carry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? against so Houston. It's uh, it's the Jets. They they're bad. I start Gaskin, but um, I, I would not make him the start of the week twice. He, he's not worthy of being started <laughs> twice in one season. Is any are, that's against, is that against the rules or have you done that before? No, I've done that before. There's usually been a little bit more of a gap as opposed to two weeks. Uh, I use Gaskin against the Texans, so. Um, but no, yeah. I've, I've done it before. Okay. Well, I mean, really, you could have done that every other week for like the past six weeks, and you would have been right with Miles Gaskin. He's basically been a top 25 running back every other week. And I it's, think uh, you... him, J.D. McKissick, is very similar also yeah. every other week for him. I think there's somebody else, too, that's in every other week. Uh, how about um, Gaskin or a Thursday night guy? Uh, Gaskin. Yeah. 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 Gaskin was going to be the player I love. Um, oh, just really? Relative, yeah. Just relative to what he's done this season. I think he could be a, a top 15 running back against the Jets. They still don't have Malcolm Brown, so the workload's going to be there. The Jets' defense is not any good at all. They hemorrhage passing yards to running backs. And so I, I fire up your Dolphins. Tua, Waddle, Gaskin, even zero-point Gasicki. Gusecki. Gusecki. Is Gusecki. He's done that twice this year, right? Uh, Week one, yes. But that was, I think, more of a playing time issue. Yeah, week one and and week 10 against Baltimore. So, Goose Goose Eggy? Is that too much of a stretch? Goose Goose Eggy. Goose Eggy, right. Okay, let's go to the players to avoid. Heath, you ready? Players to avoid? Of course I'm not. Why? Uh, (laughs) What? Um, No. And uh, can I just, I don't want to take one of the rankings disputes, but. Um, I'm pretty scared about Dawson Knox. If you, the fact that he only got one target last week and he's like, if you look at his first seven games this year compared to Robert Tunyon's first seven games last year, it's almost a carbon copy. I think Tunyon actually had one more catch and like five more yards, maybe same number of touchdowns, similar number of targets. I just don't know that he's anything more than a, a touchdown-dependent streamer, and there's a, a goose egg potential every week. Let's cool it with the goose egg thing. We can't use it for every tight end, okay? He's facing the Colts. Jamie has him 10th, and Heath has him 19th. Yes, this is a rankings dispute. So, Jamie, uh, more optimistic on Knox. Yeah, I'm going to drop him a couple spots, but I, I still think you're looking at a guy that has a chance to score uh, with a quarterback who's still playing very well, and... Uh, I don't buy this Colts defense. You know, we've seen them. Uh, it's what four touchdowns allowed to tight ends since week five. Um, so they do give up production to that position, especially when there's a guy that's featured. And so I think he's going to get back on track. You know, that was the shake the rust off game after being out three weeks with the hand injury. So uh, I'll buy back into Dawson Knox as a low end starter, but not 10. Okay. So he'll be closer to 12. I think Dave has him five. So we'll we'll fight about that on FFT at noon on CBS Dave has Sports him HK what? Day. 
Dave does not have Last Dawson I looked, Knox fifth. Dave had him fifth. Uh, that must be a different D Knox. Now he does have him fifth. You're right. He has him ahead of Kyle Pitts and Mike Sicki. Yeah, I would like to fight with Dave about that too. Please phone me in for that one. Uh, before we get to the guys that uh, Jamie might be avoiding, let's talk about our little start sit challenge on CBSSports.com. Go to CBSSports.com/slash/start-sit to play. Each week, answer 10 start-sit questions to win a customized Trophy Smack Championship belt with your name engraved. And the overall winner for the season wins $1,000 and a guest appearance on the podcast. One question this week, we got Brandon Cooks against Tennessee. We have Antonio Gibson against Carolina. Or we have Marquise Brown. Who do you like, Brandon Cooks, Antonio Gibson, or Marquise Brown in half PPR? Marquise Brown. By yeah, Brown. Brown. Okay. He is at Chicago. Uh, all right, then. So, happy he, people. He, by the way, uh, speaking of Antonio Gibson, he, he made me a trade offer of all of his injured players um, and Tyler Lockett for uh, Jamar Chase, Antonio Gibson, and um, Hunter Renfro. Wait, to clarify, all of my injured players includes Aaron Jones. So yes, he offered me Aaron okay. Jones, Chase Claypool, and Tyler Lockett for Antonio Gibson, uh, Jamar Chase, and Hunter Renfro. I said no. Antonio, but I countered with if he needs a running back, I gave him Antonio Gibson for Aaron Jones. Seems fair to me. That's what? three weeks. It's three weeks you don't get have Aaron you Jones. Hate Antonio Gibson. Yeah, but I like a guy who's playing for yeah, the next you're three, three weeks. Seven. You need to win now, and you like Gibson this week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm probably not going to do it, but um I do think like and I understand why Jamie doesn't want to do it, but Jamie's in the playoffs and He'd rather have Aaron Jones than Antonio Gibson in the playoffs for sure. So what league is this? A little bit extra to get Jones. What league is this? Uh, this is our uh, draft league. St. Jude. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, because I, I'm if it was a league I'm in, I'm not in favor of you giving Jamie Aaron Jones for the playoffs. So right, I don't. No, care. I'm not going to give Aaron, Aaron Jones for the playoffs. Just for Gibson. Playoffs, That's part of it. Okay, Jamie, who are we avoiding this week? Uh, I would avoid Antonio Gibson <laughs> taking on the Panthers. Um, as we've seen, Gibson is very touchdown dependent at this point. And I don't think they're going to have the luxury of giving him 20-plus carries. Uh, the Panthers have only given up five touchdowns, period, to running backs on the season. So they're very good at stopping opposing rushing games. And uh, I just don't want to buy into Gibson after what he did against Tampa Bay. I think it was a very good performance. I was wrong about that, but I don't think I'm going to be wrong on this one. I think he's going to be uh, a disappointing fantasy option this week. I don't even think you were wrong about Gibson. You were wrong about the way the game played out. We all were. You know, just the fact that he was able to get 22 carries was a huge surprise, but it's not like he ran all over them or anything. So don't be too hard on yourself, Jamie. Uh, okay, I was trying for hours. <laughs> it can be hard to avoid Gibson just because he is a starting running back, but would you start Miles Gaskin over Antonio Gibson? I would 100%. Certainly PPR, it's easy. Uh, but even a non-PPR, yes. Okay, Thursday night, guys. Well, that's a good one. Um, no, I'll, uh, you know what? I, I probably would. So I'll take that I'll back. Gibson, I I'm going to put the Patriots guys. I'm going to put them both out of Gibson. I want to tell you guys about a, a sponsor, and I've used this sponsor. This is a tremendous service. You really need to be paying attention, particularly if you are selling anything online or if you are a small business owner or work for a small business. Please check out Stamps.com. What an amazing time saver. And I'll tell you that last year, I want to say, it was either last year or two years ago, I, I had to go to the post office around sometime in December. Okay. We're getting to holiday time. That was a nightmare. You don't want to be stuck online basically for so long. Just do it 
you know, and I love the post office, great, amazing services, but there's crowds. You don't have to worry about that with stamps.com. Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. So if you're selling online or if you're running an office or a side hustle, stamps.com can save you so much time and money and stress. And again, you can get all of the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip. And you get the discounts that you can't find anywhere else, like 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. So again, go to the post office. They, go, they do a great job. But if you want to save the time, if you want to save the effort, and you want to get the discounts, you use stamps.com. And we've got an offer code for you. Sign up with the promo code FFT for a special offer that includes like getting a four-week trial right now during holiday season. So listen to this. You get a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. And there are no long-term commitments or contracts. Sign up with the promo code FFT. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code FFT. Four-week trial, free postage, digital scale. FFT on stamps.com. Click that microphone. We have so much to get to in terms of news and notes. So here's your quarterback news. We're going to look at the Miami and Jets game this week. Joe Flacco is going to start for the Jets. I'll be asking you this later, but you can answer it right now, and we'll get more in-depth later. Who's your favorite running back in this game now that you know Flacco starting for the Jets? Is it Gaskin or Carter? Gaskin. Yeah, I think it's Gaskin. Okay. Uh, Jared Goff day-to-day with the strained oblique. Aaron Rodgers mispracticed with a toe injury. He says he'll play. Cam Newton still has not officially been named the starter, but it seems very likely. NFL Network saying that it sounds like Ben Roethlisberger will play this week. He's got Sunday night game at the Chargers. Defensive injuries are huge in that game. A lot to keep an eye on. Injuries and COVID. Uh, Kyler Murray is making progress. Cross our fingers. Let's hope he gets out there. Cleveland is optimistic about Baker Mayfield playing this week. Nick Chubb, as we mentioned, still on the reserve COVID list facing Detroit. You know, it doesn't really matter what the matchup is, but this could be just a great game for the starting running back for the Browns. Meanwhile, Kareem Hunt is not going to play this week, but is getting close to a return. Great news to see Alvin Kamara limited in practice on Wednesday. Let's keep that going. Hope he gets out there. Same with Miles Sanders. The practice window has been opened. You guys are not ranking Sanders yet, are you? No, no, because as we've seen, like with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, for example, you know, teams can still take their time with their guys coming off of IR, but it's a very encouraging sign. We thought initially from the first report that it would be three weeks and this is the three week timetable. So, you know, hopefully Miles Sanders comes back. I just don't understand the narrative that we're hearing from Philadelphia media and some other people, you know, surrounding the team that Jordan Howard and Boston Scott are better for the Philadelphia Eagles right now than Miles Sanders because of, he likes to look for the big play, and those guys are just taking what's available to them. Uh, I don't know. If I'm Nick Sirianni, I want to see what this run game looks like with Miles Sanders back there. And he said that when Sanders is healthy, he's the starter. He didn't. I don't know if he said anything about whether or not they're going to play two guys. I assume they Oh, I'm sure they will. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, so Miles Sanders. Oh, Latavius Murray, he practiced. Clyde edwards either may not play this week. If you've been relying on Daryl Williams, you might get another game of Daryl Williams against Dallas. Looks like, for the Giants, it looks like pretty much everyone is healthy except for Sterling Shepard. That would include Barkley, Tony, Galladay, and left tackle Andrew Thomas. Maybe not Devontae Booker. 
Chris Carson mispractice. What? What is the deal, Heath? What do we know about Chris Carson? He he has a chronic neck injury, and he's trying to play football, and the, he's having a really hard time getting cleared to do that. Okay, so Alex Collins still could be something. I yeah, I I I'm really skeptical that we're going to see Chris Carson as more than a a part time back this year, but hopefully. Kyle Shanahan still thinks that Eli Mitchell will play. James Robinson has a, a knee issue, but it's seemingly minor. He's expected to play. Looks like Dallas is getting Teron Smith back this week, their left tackle. That's huge, literally. DeAndre Hopkins mispracticed. Still don't know about him. I assume you haven't ranked DeAndre Hopkins yet? Nope. No. I think, you know, with the Cardinals guys, you got to be really concerned that they're going to play because they have a bye in Week 12. Yeah. And so Murray and Hopkins, you know, they, they don't want to give up losses, clearly. But they also want to make sure those guys are right for the stretch run, for the playoffs, for them. And so, you know, I, I would say you may not see these guys until week 13, which stinks. Okay. Devontae Adams was limited. Alan Lazard mispracticed. I'm sure Adams will be out there. But he has, I think, a shoulder injury now, shoulder issue. Cole Beasley mispracticed. He's got this rib issue, and he barely played last week. Still had eight, eight catches. Uh, Minnesota safety Harrison Smith is off the reserve COVID list. Minnesota cornerback Patrick Peterson could come back as early as this week. Lamar Jackson mispracticed with an illness, non-COVID. Dallas Goddard still in the concussion protocol. Uh, it looks like I'm probably going to have to play Hunter Henry over Dallas Goddard. Don't know if you can take that chance and you know wait for Goddard. Uh, um, yeah, go ahead. Could, well, I want to go back to not consider Henry anyway. I'd rather start Goddard. I really like Dallas Goddard, but I'm Hunt Henry's a decent, decent fallback. He's occasionally scores every game. Um, <laughs> I just want to go back to the Cole Beasley thing. He did not have eight catches last week. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the week before. Oh, that's right. Last yeah, week he had, had like two catches. Two catches. Yards. My bad. I'm sorry. He only played nine offensive snaps. Yeah, he caught a caught a snap caught a pass on every snap but one. Now, sorry about that. Uh, let's see. Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard mispracticed for the Colts. We'll keep an eye on that. Neither Washington tight end Seals Jones and Thomas practiced yesterday. Seem a little bit optimistic for Logan Thomas. You got a beat up uh, Chargers defense. So the Chargers defense is actually getting healthier in the secondary but not on the defensive line, although Joey Bosa still has a chance to play. <sighs> Man, Allen Robinson, Marquise Brown, Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool was limited. That's good. Robinson and Marquise Brown mispracticed. I think we expect them as of now. Both starting Saints offensive tackles mispracticed. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, who is like 75% rostered, which surprised me. He mispracticed with a groin injury. He actually left practice, so he got hurt during practice. Mm. That's even worse. Not, never good. Yeah. But it was good to see Chase Claypool limited. He might play this week. Yeah, the, the three positives I think you take from the injury report is Kamara coming back on a limited basis, Latavius Murray coming back on a limited basis, and Chase Claypool coming back on a limited basis. You'd like to have all three of those guys healthy for uh, for the remainder of the season. And it it sounded pretty likely, just to go back to the Chargers defense, because I do think that matters quite a bit, it sounded pretty likely that Bosa, um, he was not a positive. He was just a close contact, and he's already tested negative once. So, and I believe he's not vaccinated, so his 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 scenario changes. He's not vaccinated, right? That's why he's right. out so long as a close contact. But he could be back, and he he doesn't have COVID, so he should play. And so they got uh, they got Samuel back last week. They got hopefully Michael Davis coming back. Yeah, Michael Davis practice in full. Another cornerback. He's coming back. Safety Nasir Adderley coming back. So the Chargers were so good against wide receivers. But the last two weeks, Devontae Smith, huge game, and just Justin Jefferson, huge game. But they're probably going to be pretty healthy. So 
Don't start Claypool. <laughs> I guess. Uh, rankings disputes. Joe Burrow at Las Vegas. Eighth for Jamie, sixth for Dave, thirteenth for Heath. Jamie, start Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to judge him based on the Cincinnati game. He was obviously very consistent and and productive prior to that matchup. I guess the Cleveland game uh, prior to that matchup in uh, in his last game before his bye. And I think we've seen uh, this Raiders defense last week. Certainly, um, I just feel like this team has fallen apart. It's unfortunate for what's happening in Las Vegas. Uh, losing Gruden uh, the way that it happened unfolded, you know, how that affected the locker room, obviously the Henry Rugg situation. Uh, but three of the past four opposing quarterbacks against Las Vegas have scored at least 23 fantasy points. Uh, I'm going to buy back into what Burrow was doing. So I love the setup for Joe Burrow coming off his bye with everybody healthy offensively for them. Uh, I think Uzama scores. I think we're going to see, you know, Jamar Chase and or T. Higgins, you know, put up some big numbers, probably more so Chase. Uh, but I think this is a three touchdown game for Joe Burrow. Uh, with a 250-yard performance on top of it. He's 13th. This one really stumped me because I don't know. I've been trying to figure out like what I why I, I don't I don't know why I don't like Joe Burrow. I know why I like two. Why I have two over him, and he's kind of been in that QB 12 range. But I don't honestly have a great um, case against Joe Burrow other than. The interceptions have been a bit of a problem lately. The pass volume has been hit or miss in games that they win. Um, but he's a borderline starting quarterback, and two is the only streamer I'd start over him. I was reading about Burrow on ESPN.com yesterday, and he has... Let's see if I can get the exact quote. I think I deleted it, unfortunately, because I'm an idiot. He has um, attempted, I want to say, the most... He has the most pass attempts in tight windows... Basically, to sum, I don't remember the exact stat, but to sum it up, he's a gambler. He takes a lot of risks, and he throws into tight coverage a lot, and that's the primary source of his interceptions. But he also is throwing a ton of touchdowns. All right, so it looks like even Heath has him 13. It's not like he doesn't like Joe Burrow. Okay, we'll do a different rankings dispute here. We already did Dawson Knox. How about Jordan Howard? Jamie's got Howard as a number three running back just outside the top 24. Heath is like, nope, not even top... 36. He's close to 40 for you. He's actually 44th in PPR. And I think you have Boston Scott ahead of him in PPR. Is that true? I think I have Boston Scott one spot ahead of him. Yeah. Okay. So not interested in Jordan Howard. Obviously, if Miles Sanders plays, we're not going to be interested in Howard. I wouldn't think, but you are like really not at all interested. Well, it's, I mean, it's obviously an awful matchup if your job is to run into run, run period. straight ahead. Um, I, yeah, I I think it's probably more of a Boston Scott type situation. I think I didn't look for sure at last week, but I know Howard's snap share went down last week. I think Boston Scott has played more snaps than Jordan Howard every week, even the week the, the weeks when Howard has had the success scoring the touchdowns on the ground. It's not been because he's playing a ton of snaps. He was at thirty eight percent last week, um, so I just. I, I don't like the situation at all for a guy who's probably only going to play on rushing downs. Yeah. Jamie, he's facing New Orleans, obviously, the best run defense in football. Um, and you're not exactly yelling to start Jordan Howard, but you at least have some hope. No, I don't. I agree with you. Okay. All right, then. Great dispute. <laughs> uh, Zach Ertz, he is 18th for Jamie, 17th in PPR. He's 11th for Heath. So, Jamie, sit Zach Ertz at Seattle. Yeah, and, and clearly this will change if uh, if the quarterback situation changes for the Cardinals. But 
you know, I think we've seen enough of what this team looks like the last two games. Uh, but even if you go back three games for Zach Ertz, he had the game that I expected, which was against Houston, a good matchup, and it was show off the shiny new toy. And the targets have been there for him to a certain extent. But this is still such a crowded receiving core, even without DeAndre Hopkins on the field. And his production has just really been miserable for the last couple of weeks. He has failed the top 46 yards in each of the last three games, and he hasn't scored a touchdown. And so I'm just not buying Zach Ertz playing well in this matchup against Seattle, which has really turned the corner against tight ends. They've done a nice job since I think it's like week four or five of, uh, of containing tight ends. Now, they haven't faced a lot of great tight ends, but I don't know if Zach Ertz still qualifies as a great tight end if Colt McCoy is throwing in passes. Yeah, I think this is just like he is getting the targets and he's going to get you eight, seven or eight fantasy points without a touchdown. And if he scores a touchdown, he's probably a top six guy. And so that guy ends up closer to a starter for me than Dawson Knox because 46 yards for Dawson Knox is a pretty good game. Okay, but that's yeah, only one I, I guy. Guess, you know, Ertz is averaging seven PPR points over his last three games. You know, so that to me is not very exciting. No, no, that's what that's what I'm saying exactly. Um, he's averaging seven PPR points with zero touchdowns over his last three games. That's a, a high end number two if he doesn't score a touchdown. And if he scores a touchdown, it's a, a top six guy. By the way, how funny Jack Stahl is in your rankings, Heath. Well, Eagles he's the only tight Eagles tight end right now. <laughs> funny. 15th. All right, but you have Ertz over. You have one, one spot ahead of Conklin. You have him two spots ahead of Hunter Henry in full PPR. I can't, I assume Jamie would not do I, that. No. Well, and I, I understand that completely. Hunter Henry scored like 17 touchdowns on 18 targets. Um, it's actually 18 touchdowns on 17 targets for Henry somehow. Right. There's 19 snaps. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, not the best round of rankings disputes. We could do Kirk Cousins again, but that'll be tomorrow's show. Indianapolis at Buffalo. Let's get to the games. we got seven of them to look at today. So Colts at Bills and, you know, fun matchup here. But here's your stat of the game. Michael Pittman. So in tough matchups, and I'm using Rams, Ravens, and 49ers. He had 123 yards against the Rams, 89 yards and a touchdown at Baltimore, 105 yards and a touchdown at San Francisco in a deceiving game because he also drew a couple, at least two pass interference calls, I believe. So he could have had an even bigger game. He has the most yards of any wide receiver against the Rams, the second most against the Ravens behind Jamar Chase, the fourth most against the 49ers behind Adams, Cup, and Quez Watkins. <laughs> but Pittman, my point is, has done well in tough matchups. Jamie, this is probably the toughest. So starter sit Michael Pittman. It's very difficult to sit a player like this because he's you know capable, as we've seen, like with DK Metcalf against Marshawn Lattimore, of one play or you know a couple of plays that still make him successful. Uh, but like you said, the Bills allow the fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Tredavious White has been, you know, a very good shadow corner for, you know, perimeter receivers. And that's basically where Pittman has been. And in the two games that T.Y. Hilton has played the majority of those games, Pittman's numbers have been, you know, poor. They, they haven't been good. So I just don't love the setup for Pittman. But he's obviously still a starter in three receiver leagues. And most people play in three receiver leagues, rightfully so. Um but in two receiver leagues, you can get away from Michael Pittman. I think. What, was it, what was that rightfully so thing? I don't know. I mean, most people play in three receiver leagues. I right? just it, well, it's funny. It's just funny because we spent the first five minutes of yesterday's show talking about why I'm kind of over that format. Well, Adam doesn't like three receivers, so it's not. Adam thinks it's wrongfully so. Uh, no, because this is exactly why I don't like the format. Because you, you shouldn't have a format where I shouldn't say you shouldn't. I don't love the fact that Michael Pittman is just a start because he. 
this is a really tough matchup. This should be a tougher call. I just think that it makes it too easy. That's all. I, I do think, yes. I think it makes it harder. Why? Because um, if it were a two-receiver league, or I propose two receivers and two flexes instead of three receivers and one flex, fine. then you'd still be starting Michael Pittman. Okay. I mean, I, look, we all know what they can do to wide receivers. Deontay Johnson, 36 yards and a touchdown. McLaurin, 62 yards. Cooks, 47 yards. Tyreek Hill, 63 yards. Julio Jones, 59 yards. Jalen Waddle, 29 yards. Is it that easy of a call, Heath, to just start? No, it's not that easy of a call. And I think it's important. Like, you talked about their tough matchups. Those matchups are nothing like the Bills at all. Those teams are giving up 20 to 25 fantasy points per game to wide receivers. The Bills are giving up 13. (laughs) Like, they're not in the same stratosphere. As this matchup. And if Quentin um, Nelson is out, good luck, Carson Wentz. Yeah, I, I don't feel good about Pittman. I think I have him 25th or 26th. But I, I like I said, it feels like running back is deeper than wide receiver this week. There's a there are wide receivers I don't feel good about that I'm starting ahead of Michael Pittman. On the other side of the spectrum, the Bills wide receivers, I don't know that we can trust Cole Beasley with the injury. He even with the uh eight, no, actually. Two catches last week. Uh, I don't know if we can trust Cole Beasley, but Emmanuel Sanders, now that the Colts have been really bad against wide receivers, would you start Emmanuel Sanders over Michael Pittman? No, just because Sanders has been so bad. You know, so there, there's an opportunity here. And I think there's also, you know, the Darius Leonard injury factors into Dawson Knox uh, because the middle of the field will be different for the Colts if there's no Leonard out there. So maybe they run the ball more. Maybe they, you know, lean on Dawson Knox or Sanders in that role if Beasley's not 100%. Um, Gabriel Davis, you know, we'll see some shot plays probably to him as well after what he showed you last week. But you could also see just a lot of Stephon Diggs. I mean, Josh Allen was, was perfectly comfortable going that route yes, last week, and uh, much more people are starting Stephon Diggs than anybody else in Buffalo. Yeah, and I, and I like there are names. I would start Hunter Renfro in full PPR over Michael Pittman this week, and there are some some big names who have been bad lately. Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Mike Williams. I would start those guys over Michael Pittman. McLaurin's got a horrible matchup, too. I I think people should really consider right now before the trade deadline with McLaurin. Stephon Gilmore is the number two. He's only played two or three games, but he's the number two rated cornerback uh, by PFF. So he's got Carolina and Philadelphia twice down the stretch. Who? McLaurin? No, he wasn't on the injury report. Okay, he left left the game last week, but he's he's okay. So never mind. So he's got Darius Slay. Yeah, he was limited in practice yesterday. Darius Slay twice and Stefan Gilmore. Seattle is has been really good lately defensively. Las Vegas gives up the fifth fewest points to wide receivers. I've never I've never really bought that. So I don't know. I just totally off subject, but important. I don't know how you guys feel about McLaurin since he's had three good games this year and he's got I, I think a pretty bad schedule going forward. I mean, my whole feeling on McLaurin coming into the season was the quarterback, and the quarterback is not there. So, yes, if you can sell Terry McLaurin, uh, I would absolutely sell Terry McLaurin if you're still getting name value for him. Because the production, like you said, has not been what we hoped. Okay. Uh, so, just going back to this Bills-Colts game, sit Wentz. You're going to start Jonathan Taylor, even though the Bills give up the fewest points to running backs, 3.67 yards per carry. And you're going to sit Hilton. You're going to sit the tight ends, with the Colts tight ends. Josh Allen is top two. I'll just... Be quick on this. Stefan Diggs is the only must start in the passing game. Uh, we already debated Dawson Knox. Jamie's got him top 12, borderline. Heath, not even close. 
Um, yeah, so let's talk about Singletary and Moss, and I guess Breida. Heath, mm. are you starting a Bills running back? I hope not. Uh, I would really, really not like to not do that. Um, but if you're desperate, I, I would still start Singletary and Moss over Breida. Uh, I think I have Moss one spot higher in non and, and Singletary one spot higher in PPR. And two weeks ago, I thought Moss was the pass catching running back. So I like neither of these guys are in my top 30. I'd rather start Alex Collins without if, if Carson is out, um, I would obviously start Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and Mike Davis if there's no Cordero Patterson over these two. Um, I'd really like to not start them. Okay, fairly easy game, except I'd say for Michael Pittman. And uh, I, just to wrap it up on Emmanuel Sanders, is he did he even make your top 36? He's in the range. Yeah. Okay, He yeah, Heath has him about 30th. Jamie's closer to 40. Uh there you go. Bill's DST is not number one, but still top six. You know, I will say though, if, if Leonard is out, Moss becomes more interesting because this feels like a game they should win. He's been their fourth quarter guy, chance to score. So Moss is my favorite Bills running back by far. I do love the Bills, and I think they're the AFC favorite right now. They have had a really easy schedule. They have faced a lot of terrible offenses. So. I'm curious to see if Colts if the Colts can do anything. Um, they have faced the Chiefs and they held them to 20 points. That was when the Chiefs were good. But Pittsburgh, the Dolphins twice, the Jets, Washington, Houston, Tennessee, Jacksonville, cake schedule so far. Let's Tennessee a little more respect. Uh, yeah, and that and Tennessee won. Tennessee beat them on that you know that so, last. So did Jacksonville. So did Jacksonville. Tennessee won 34-31. Uh, Cincinnati at Las Vegas. This is an interesting game. And stat of the game number one. If you I know Dave likes to use Zama this week. A tight end has 70 yards or a touchdown in seven straight games against Las Vegas. Now that those are some good tight ends, though. You got not all of them. Gasicki, Fant, Goddard, Evan Ingram, Kelsey, Noah Gray, Donald Parham, Jared Cook, Jesper Horstead. Anyway, anybody like Uzama this week? Yes. Non-PPR, he's a starter. Knox or Uzama? Knox. Knox. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's coming from someone who likes Knox and someone who doesn't like Knox this week. Uh, Stat of the game number two. A running back has scored 17 or more PPR fantasy points against the Bengals in seven of nine games. So they give up. They give up fantasy points. Josh Jacobs, Jamie, how much do you trust him? Trust is a tough word with Josh Jacobs in the Raiders, but I think you know you've seen enough of sample size that he'll work in the passing game. Uh, he's certainly their goal line option, so he's a number two running back. You know, it's it's very hard to get away from what his workload will be. He was on the injury report on Wednesday, so just keep that in mind. But I think actually both guys are in play. You know, uh, this is one of the worst teams in terms of pass catching running backs. Um, you know, a lot of that was the Najee Harris game. I think when he had what uh, thirteen catches. Um, but still, they're they're in the top five in, in receptions allowed to running backs. So it should help Jacobs. It should help Kenyon Drake. He's got, uh, uh, I think it's, what, 11 catches in the last three weeks? Um, so I think Drake's a good flex, but Jacobs is still a top 20 running back. Okay, Jacobs ahead of the Bills guys? Yes, and the yeah. Patriots guys. And the Patriots guys, okay. Josh Jacobs or Michael Pittman? Jacobs. 
Yeah, I I might go Pittman and no, I'll, I'll go Jacobs in both. Okay, let's go. So Mixon is a must start. Chase is a must start. Burrow, we've already debated. Jamie's got him eighth. Heath has him thirteenth. And the Raiders are twenty second against quarterbacks. And the good quarterbacks they face have usually done pretty well. T. Higgins is always tough. So Higgins or Pittman? Higgins for me. Um, it's three straight games of thirteen PPR points, and you know two of those with at least eight targets. So I hope that they come off their bye week and continue to give him that type of volume. Um, the slot corner for the Raiders, uh, Nate, I forget his last name, um, has done a really nice job. So Tyler Boyd is probably not going to do much. Go figure. Uh, so I think it's the perimeter guys that have the success here with Uzama uh, as the red zone option. So I- I'm very fine with Higgins. Better in PPR than non-PPR because he hasn't scored a touchdown since week two. But it's a good opportunity for T. Higgins in PPR to be a borderline starter in two receiver leagues. Mm. I feel like Higgins has been Damn close to some touchdowns. He's flirting with, he's an almost touchdown kind of guy lately. Heath, you like him? He's, I prefer Pittman, but he's, they're in the same number three wide receiver range. I think it makes sense if you like Burrow more that you would like Higgins more. Sure. Uh, the Raiders have been good at one thing. They do not give up big pass plays. Only three pass plays of 40 plus yards. That is fourth fewest in the NFL. And Uzama we talked about. And let's go to Derek Carr. It's been up and down. He usually throws two touchdowns. You can pretty much count on him for two touchdowns. Uh, He's done that in seven of nine games. Never more, though. That's why he's never that appealing. So he used to be a Raven. Why, they don't throw more than two touchdowns? Never more. Never more. Oh, come on. Okay. That's a literature thing? Yes, Shakespeare. Okay. That's a literature thing. (laughs) Okay, I think for now on, I'll just make literature references because yeah, I've got the same connection to those that yeah, I do. Let's pop do culture. that. Uh, wait, the Raven is not Shakespeare. Is that true? Is that you said? Uh, no, no, it's, it's Edgar Allan Poe. It's Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Adrian okay. died. There you go. That's my <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Derek Carr. Anyway, starter sit. Derek. <laughs> Derek Carr. Heath. Starter sit. Um, I'm fine with him as a low-end starter. I think he's probably going to be in that 20 to 25 fantasy point range. And I I think that he's going to be in a situation where he needs to throw the ball a little bit in the second half. So I I don't dislike him at all. He's He has had, um, I guess, I don't even know if he's had more bad games lately than he did early in the season. It's been There have been a couple of bad games sprinkled in, but he's usually in that 22-point range. Do you like Carr better than Burrow? I think I have Carr just a couple spots ahead of Burrow. I think the uh, the thing that was encouraging from Derek Carr's game against the Chiefs, so they used Deshaun Jackson. He's obviously not the same player at this point in his career as Henry Ruggs was, but he opened up things. You saw Brian Edwards, you know, if you watch the game, you know, just the, the routes that he benefited from. I think, you know, Darren Waller will start to benefit from it. Uh, this game feels like a shootout. I don't know what the, the projected total is. I haven't looked, but it uh, feels like it could be high scoring with how these two defenses have played lately. Uh, my guess is you, you said... You know, Derek Carr will throw two touchdowns. My guess is going to be just based on every Raiders game that I've watched, uh, which is most of them, that there'll be uh, a fourth quarter opportunity for them to try and drive to win the game. And Carr will either get the score, which could be his third one to get them to overtime, or <laughs> he will not get the touchdown and they will lose the game. There'll be a mistake at the end of the game. Total is 49 and a half. Thank you. Yeah, ben that Schrager. feels about right. Okay. And Derek Carr or Russell Wilson. Uh, right now, I have Wilson, I think, one or two spots ahead, but I can certainly be talked into uh, 
into their car. Adam fell asleep in English class, says little Wayne. Apparently so did I. Yeah. Uh, I am moving uh, I'm moving Burrow ahead of Wilson, too. I've got Burrow up to 12. He, he might be 11 before the show's over. If you have kids, you should turn the show off right now. I'm just going to tell you that I hate books and poems and literature, all that stuff. Absolutely hate. I'm just going to wait for the movie to come out. One of the only books wow. I remember actually liking in school was Beowulf because it was really short and violent. And yeah, I just that I just couldn't do it. I pretty much never read the books I was supposed to read. I just hated doing it, and I still I do. Think, I think you were wrong to tell. I think people should rewind, bring their kids back into the room, <laughs> and listen to that section and say, kids, if you don't read, look what happens. <laughs> yeah, no, I wish I had. Believe me, it's one of my biggest regrets. I wish I had been more interested in when it. When was the last time you read an entire book? 15 years ago, something like that. <laughs> and it was... Uh, it was Anthony Kiedis's autobiography, the Red Hot Chili Peppers lead singer. Uh, I've read two sports books and that, and those are pretty much the only books I've ever read for for pleasure. I have a big Game of Thrones book that I'd like to crack open at some point, though, with like the history of it. Uh, okay, uh, so anyway, Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. Yes, it does. To be or not to be, Hunter Renfro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be absolutely yeah. be okay. Uh, Brian Edwards, but he's he's obviously more. You know, you can't trust on the touchdowns. Can't count on the touchdowns. But non non PPR, he's a little risky. So PPR, he's he's still very very safe. Uh, but about Brian Edwards, uh, risky. So you know, last week was great. Again, hopefully Deshaun Jackson changing some things opens up you know opportunities for him. But you got to see it at least one more time. Hunter Renfro or Michael Pittman in a half PPR league? I know you said in full PPR you'd start Renfro. What about half PPR? Renfro. Renfro. Okay. I'd start Renfro over Pittman and none. Okay. Uh, Renfro or Miles Gaskin? Gaskin. I think I'll go Gaskin. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, PPR, full PPR, I'll take Renfro. Start Darren Waller. He's fine. Very. This is his 16-game pace since week one. Week one, he had 19. 16 games. I've been over this before, but I'll say it again. Uh, because, first of all, pro football Laziness. reference still does. <laughs> okay. And two, I think, I think just I know what a good 16 game season is. We all know that. So we don't know. You know, we, we haven't seen 17 games. Did you skip math yet. class too? No, I love math. Since week one, his 16 game pace is 78 catches, 889 yards, and only two touchdowns. On one hundred on one hundred nineteen targets, a crazy low touchdown rate for Waller, and he has been very close to scoring. He's scoring this week. I'm telling you, he's scoring. Did Cliff's notes exist oh, when you hell were? Hell yeah, they exist in school. Oh yeah, I don't remember that existing when and I was in Spark school. Notes. Oh my gosh, I was all over that. I would go to Barnes and Noble to read the Cliff Notes. That's that was what I would do in high school. And let's go to Miami and the Jets. Would you drive other people around while you were doing that too? Probably. I was always good at well, that. They, no, that's when he, he dropped them off, go to Barnes and Noble, and then they'd call him when he, when they were done. <laughs> you drop them off at the bar, you go to Barnes and Noble's, read Cliff Notes, and then come back. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, I tried to read uh, the Alexander Hamilton biography. Yeah. I, it's taken me four months. Have you seen that thing? It is, it's like the Bible. Who could read that stuff? It's really interesting, the three pages I got to. Who could read that? Just watch a documentary. Or see the play. <laughs> oh my God. Miami at the Jets. 
we've pretty much covered the stats of the game. And number one, th- this is amazing. And this is why we like asking. 14 running backs have scored double-digit non-PPR fantasy points in nine games against the Jets. It's like one and a half oh, a game. It's incredible. Uh, stat of the game number two, though, is this. The Dolphins, they used to be a layup for running backs. In their last three games, they are allowing 3.1 yards per carry to backs. They haven't allowed a rushing touchdown. It's hard to know if it's the competition or if it's the defense. It's definitely the competition. The defense has played better, but I mean, the last two weeks, they, they haven't faced a good running back the last two weeks. Three weeks. I, I mean, I really don't consider the Bills running backs to be good. So Bills, Texans, hey, Ravens. If you want to put the, you know, yeah. fine. But Agreed. the last two weeks, I mean, you're talking about bad running teams from the running back position. Baltimore is obviously a different running team, but their running backs haven't been good. Yeah. Right. There's a couple of these. I, I'd put the Packers in the same discussion. Like it's I, this week is kind of going to decide in my mind how much they have improved versus early in the year. Are, are the Packers a team that you just don't want to start anybody against? Are the Dolphins like an above average defense now? I don't. I don't know for sure. Yeah, and Packers, the last two weeks have been against the Chiefs and the Seahawks, and they've been great. But it, Well, the Cardinals, too, three weeks ago. Yeah, but they, right, but no Hopkins for the most part. No Rodgers. Sorry, wait, sorry. They, they didn't have Devontae Adams. Uh, Mahal, the, you know, that was when the Chiefs were bad, and last week was Russell Wilson just being off. But I think... I love when we have these periods when the Chiefs were good and when the Chiefs were yeah, bad. Yeah, but no, I think we're probably making too many excuses. I think they probably have a good defense, but they're they're really injured. Yeah, but give the Packers... I mean, I, I certainly haven't given them enough respect, but give the Packers defense credit for re- part of the reason why the Chiefs were bad. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I might put the Titans in the group too because the Titans have been quite a bit better later, lately defensively, and I don't... I don't know. They're still the worst team amongst against wide receivers. Right. All right, well, listen, we've had very fun conversations today, but let's get back to starter set. So I brought up that stat about the Dolphins' run defense. I want to know how you feel about Michael Carter. We got Joe Flacco starting. He made four starts for the Jets last year, did not throw to the running backs much at all. Uh, so, Heath, how do we feel about Carter now? I don't I, – he was a high-end number two running back for me at the beginning of the week. He's more of a uh, mid-range to low end, but I still think he's likely to get 15 to 18 touches – and you pretty much start that guy. I would start him over Antonio Gibson. I would start him over the Patriots guys, over the Bills guys. The one I'm really, really struggling with right now, and it's probably just because of the name, is Saquon. Mm-hmm. Because I don't really expect him to get a full workload in his first football game in six weeks, especially with the way they're talking. And he's facing Tampa Bay. And even though Tampa Bay doesn't have as isn't as good against the run maybe as they were earlier in the year, it's still a, a, a worse matchup, I think, than the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, they've been bad with Vita Vey on the field the last couple of weeks, so we'll see how things go without him there. I, I would start Saquon over. I agree with everything he says except except Saquon. I start Saquon over Carter. Um, and just to, to go back to Flacco for a second, it was a different offense. So you know, Lafleur's offense is is catered to using the running backs. Mike White did it on steroids. You know, Flacco is probably going to be closer to Zach Wilson. But I still think, you know, they, they've found some semblance of moving the ball when things are failing for them, and that's been working. So I don't think they go completely away from it. And if the Dolphins' defense is as good as they were last week, we might see Mike White by the second quarter. <laughs> to they're putting that kind of pressure, pressure on a statue like Flacco, he's going to get destroyed. Two is tenth, ninth or 10th for everybody. Jamie, he's your start of the week, so who are the big names you're starting to over? Russell Wilson, um, trying to think of my rankings. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 
Um, Carr. Carr, Burrow. No, I think I have Burrow once by then. Um, trying to think who else is in that range. All right, but not Rodgers. Uh, no, I would start Rodgers over him. Um, not Herbert. No, the one I struggle with is Tannehill because of Tannehill's matchup. But I think, you know, this could be a, a more of a game-managing Tannehill as opposed to uh, go out and light up the Texans defense, where I think Tua is going to light up the Jets defense. Okay. Who, who I am the... all in. I've got him seventh now. Ooh, so. Oh, wow. He's your start of the week. Uh, start Gasicki. He's around seventh in, P- in non-PPR, fifth or sixth for Jamie and Heath in full PPR. And uh, who are the wide receivers that you like in this game? Waddle for sure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, great opportunity for him against the Jets. I, I don't buy the Jets numbers in terms of a, against fantasy wide receivers. I think it's a myth. So I think Waddle has a big game. Um, if you're desperate, you know, Albert Wilson and Isaiah Ford showed some stuff last week, so you can go that route. But I think it's it's Waddle and then the Jets guys, and I would still put Davis ahead of Elijah Moore, and then Jameson Crowder's a distant fourth. I I actually kind of like Crowder or Davis as a uh, as a number three wide receiver. I think Flacco will be better for him than uh than Mike White probably was, assuming that he can stay in the game. So I I would start Corey Davis over like Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. Here's an Azer stat for you. Corey Davis has faced the Patriots twice. If you take out the Patriots games, he has ninety three or more yards in three of five games. That's not really that bad. Corey Davis. I like that Azer stat a lot. Yeah, yeah you just have to wonder is is Xavier Howard and Byron Jones back to being what they were expected to be? Yes. Uh, would you start Corey Davis or a Giants wide receiver? Davis. Davis. Would you start Corey Davis? Unless Shepard plays. Okay. Or Deontay Foreman or Corey Davis? I would go Foreman and non-PPR. Yeah, Davis and PPR. That's such a gross question. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of struggling with Davis against Kirk. With Hopkins out? Yeah. And Kyler out? Yeah. Why don't we just say if Kyler's in, we go Kirk. If Kyler's out, we go Davis. Can we say that? Okay. All right, I would go Kirk either way. All right. We'd, get, we'd just say that too. Okay. that's um, I We always get a ton of waddle questions. So let me just do some waddling real quick. Waddle or, waddle or um, Antonio Gibson? Waddle for me in PPR. I know, I'll go, go Gibson on and on. Yeah. Waddle or Michael Carter? Waddle. Uh, I think I'd probably go Carter. I would start Waddle over DJ Moore and Michael Pittman. Would you start Waddle over Amari Cooper? I would not. Yes. Okay. All right. A little split there. Take a quick break. When we come back, we got San Francisco at Jacksonville. Is the Jaguars defense for real? We'll talk about it right after this. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash cbssports. 
That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Is the Jaguars defense for real? They've given up two touchdowns in their last 10 quarters. And that is Buffalo, Indianapolis, and I think the last two quarters of the Seattle game. Uh, They gave up 113 rushing yards to Jonathan Taylor last week. 93 of them came in the first quarter. So I don't know if that what that means to you, but it's a fact. Um, I don't really have a good stat of the game here. I'll give you it later. It's on Brandon. You I just used, gave but... us like three. Okay, fine. That works for me. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think for this game, the only tough call probably is is Garoppolo. He's actually been playing pretty well lately. And you, obviously you're starting Kittle and Debo. Maybe Ayuk is a tough call. Heath, how do you see for, uh, San Francisco in this game? I I like Garoppolo as a streamer if you can't get Tua. Um, I am starting Debo and Kittle. Ayuk is a low-end number three wide receiver, but I do think he has sneaky upside. It's just that his floor is almost nothing. Um, and I'm a little bit skeptical. Like I, I think we're probably going to get Mitchell playing. We'll probably put him back in the rankings. Hopefully today. Hopefully he has a full practice today, or at least more good information. But if it's Wilson and no Mitchell. I'm a, that's kind of a tough call. I mean, it's really a tough call tonight. What's that? Oh, a tough call tonight if you have a 49ers guy, right? If you don't have a backup plan, I think you have to start both Patriots over him and you have to consider Mike Davis in PPR. It is a good run defense for the Jaguars, but why, Heath, are you so much more confident in Eli Mitchell than you would be in Jeff Wilson if Mitchell were out? Um, You just think he's better? I, well, I do think he's a little bit better, but I also don't have as like when Mitchell's played, he's been either all the touches or 20 plus touches. And there were a couple of games last year where they did that for Jeff Wilson, but for most of Wilson's career, anytime he's been a part of it, it's been a two guy attack and he's only got 10 carries on the season. So I don't know that he would walk into a situation where he gets 20 touches in a good game strip. Okay. And Jamie- yeah, I, I would buy if, if there's no Mitchell, I, I'd buy Wilson. I, I think the Jaguars defense has definitely played better, but I, this is more about the 49ers run game. And, and I'm not judging him based on 10 carries for 28 yards last week when Mitchell didn't run well either. Uh, he just got a lot more work. And so, you know, you've seen uh, Mitchell, it's basically 16 to 18 carries. I think that would be Wilson. It's clear they do not trust Trey Sermon and Jamichael Hasty once again on the injury report with an ankle problem. So if it's Wilson and Sermon as the duo. I think Wilson said it for a big workload, which would make him a pretty safe number two running back this week. And my stat on Brandon Ayuk was that he's had a 25%, 20%, and 20% target share in his last three games. Just not a lot of pass attempts for Jimmy Garoppolo. But Ayuk actually has the better matchup if they're going to put Shaquille Griffin on Debo. Now, we know Debo is more of a gadget player that's having a monster. I I don't want to minimize that by saying that. But we know he's going to do different things to get the ball. So it's it's a great spot for him. You're not getting away from Debo Samuel. But if they if they get into a situation where they can't throw to Debo to the same level of success, and and you've seen um, what Griffin has done, you know it's uh, AJ Brown tough matchup. DK Metcalf had two touchdowns, but six catches, 43 yards. Diggs was six for 85. Pittman was five for 71. You know, so if if we see you know a a, a spot where where Samuel's not getting the ball, I think Ayuk is going to have some opportunities against Tyson Campbell. Any hesitation with James Robinson? 
I mean, a little bit just based on the fact that he showed up with a you know knee injury on the injury report. It seems like it's just minor, and they're and they're keeping an eye on it. But if he's playing, I'm playing him. There's no way you're getting around James Robinson, especially with what the running back position looks like this week. I'm a little, maybe slightly more concerned than Jamie is. I I would start Gaskin over him in PPR. All right. And how about Agnew or and Dan Arnold? I mean, Dan Arnold is a start at this point, right? Yes. Yeah, not an easy matchup, but you're starting Arnold. Uh, I mean, I think we just kind of sum up the Jaguars receivers by just saying ag ew. This <laughs> is bad. They're just bad. So we're not starting uh, Agnew. He would be my favorite Jaguars receiver, but no, I would prefer to stay away from him. End of the Boom, bus game. flex. San Francisco DST is certainly in play. Third for Heath, seventh for Jamie, tenth for Dave. Uh, I got okay. Pittsburgh at the Chargers. So. Heath, can you name the two kickers in that game? Jacksonville and San Francisco. The two kickers, Robbie Gould, Gould and Gould. Matthew Wright. Good job. Yeah, all right. Uh, so Pittsburgh at the Chargers. The injuries, I have to look up the DST that Heath is too low on. So while I do that, Jamie, talk about how the injuries on defense and the COVID situations on defense are factoring in with this game. The Steelers-Chargers game? Yes, uh, the Chargers one, you, you mentioned it, you know, I think the big one is obviously Joey Bosa, but, uh, Jerry Tillery, um, you know, something to keep an eye on there, but you're not getting away from the main guys for Pittsburgh, no matter who the quarterback is. So Roethlisberger plays, it's a boost for Deontay Johnson, but you're still starting him. Chase Claypool plays. I still think hit best. He's number three receiver. Um, and Pat Fryermuth is still a starting tight end, especially if Roethlisberger's back. Uh, the Chargers have been bad against tight ends for the majority of the season. And then the Steelers injuries are the really the more concerning ones for me. Uh, TJ Watt, if he doesn't play with the uh, hip and knee injury, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick is almost certainly out with the COVID situation, and uh, Joe Hayden's dealing with foot injury. So that should really be good for the uh, the Chargers passing game. And hopefully, it's it's a Mike Williams bounce back game. Keenan Allen continues to do what he does, and uh, you know Austin Eckler's a must start guy no matter what. Okay, Heath is first of all way too high on the Buccaneers having the number one. I take that as a personal insult but way too low on the Miami Dolphins. Ninth. Ninth. Jamie's got the Dolphins second. He's a Joe Blacko guy. I mean, they both have great mustaches. That's true. <laughs> almost every week we've done this, it's been the defense facing the Jets. Oh, but yep. You're 100% right. Yep. Absolutely. And they, they burn me every time. All right. So this game, Pittsburgh at the Chargers. Here's my stat of the game. I really couldn't find one. Najee Harris is good, and the Chargers' run defense is bad. That's my hmm. my stat yeah. of the game. This game has a lot of obvious starts and sits, right? Harris and Eckler, even though Eckler's been struggling a little bit lately, you're starting them. How are you getting away from Keenan Allen? Um, how are you getting away from Deontay Johnson? I would say if Mason Rudolph plays, are you sitting Deontay Johnson? No. No. Okay. He really hasn't been so great. Lately, his PPR fantasy points in his last five games are certainly worth starting. But 15, 18, 15, 11, 13, it's been, you know, it's been a good, not a great player. Uh, he just hasn't scored in a while. Uh, all right, so then the tough calls are what? Claypool, Fryermuth, Mike Williams? Oh, and Herbert. I'm sorry. Let's go, We'll do Herbert after. But in terms of Claypool, Fryermuth, Mike Williams. I think it's just Mike Williams is a tough call. Claypool's a sit. I don't want to trust Claypool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That um, makes sense. And I'm probably just going to start Mike Williams one more week and 
feel dumb if he busts, but they're trying so hard to get him into the end zone. Yeah, he but he's like, target but five targets. targets inside the 10 yard line. I understand, but it's only five targets a game. It's like four of his last five games. I think if if both if all well, if all three of those guys are out for the Steelers, there's a lot to like about Mike Williams. I don't know if Mike Williams is healthy. You know, you go back, I think mm-hmm. it was was the Baltimore game that he was supposed to miss. Remember he didn't practice all week and then he played. They said he's not healthy. They said it's not a factor. His own coach said that. But he just hasn't been right since then. And so, you know, if, if, if you're trying to find some reason for what's gone wrong, you know, is it, is it that? Is it, you know, Herbert doesn't trust him anymore? Is it the offense doesn't, you know, the coaching staff doesn't trust him anymore? Something's going wrong with him because he's not getting the opportunities. It's just not, he's not making plays. He's not getting targets, like you said, Adam. You know, so um, I'll buy back into him for one more week, but it's, it's more of a who else do I have? Like I have him in two leagues. One, I'm definitely not playing. I only have to play. This is this is a re- weird format where I play two receivers and a flex and only one running back. So he's not cracking that lineup. And then the other league, it's where I have Cooper Cup on a bye. And Mike Williams has been in a rotation as the second guy. So I'm going to play him in place of Cup. But I, I hope that he scores. There's just it, it, It's a good opportunity because we've seen the Steelers not be great against receivers all season. Um, and now you're taking potentially Fitzpatrick and Hayden out of the secondary and their best pass rusher off the field. So... If those three guys are missing, then the, the the Chargers' offense should be really good. What if they're not though? What if, what if what Watt plays? Against uh, a bad offensive would, line it, too. It would be it would be a slight downgrade for Herbert, um, but I'd still start him. And it'd be a slight downgrade, I think, for Williams, but I'd still start him. But I think it's more about the whole package. You know, if if they're missing any of these three guys, they're they're you know with with Cam Hayward, you could argue and and you know I guess Bush that those are their best defenders. So you wouldn't play Corey Davis over Mike Williams? No. No, I feel I like play I Mike should. Williams over How about Jalen Waddle and Hunter Renfro? Uh, easy yeah. over yeah, Williams. Over Williams. Okay. Yeah. How about non PPR? It's tougher, but PPR for sure. Uh, what about running backs uh, like Deontay Foreman or or Mike da- uh, Mike Williams? Sorry, or Deontay Foreman? I'd still stick with Williams. Yeah. And do you trust Fryermuth if Mason Rudolph plays? Uh, yeah. I guess I mean, I, I, I'll tell you back. Trust? Yeah. No. Start? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's exactly well, what I was going to I say. I mean, you could go with a Dan Arnold or a, or a Conklin or an Evan Ingram or something like that. I mean, where would you I end would probably up? go with Arnold over him if it was Mason Rudolph. Yes. I would go with Arnold over Fryermuth in PPR if it's Ben. Okay. In non-PPR, it's Fryermuth. How about... Justin Herbert, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say. It's just the injuries that have you guys encouraged because, you know, he's been 16 or fewer fantasy points in three of his last four games. It's absolutely the injuries. If 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 Pittsburgh was 100% healthy, I'd be much more concerned. Okay. All right. So uh, so you 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 did not did either of you get to Tua over Herbert? No. Uh no. I have him back to back. You don't want to miss that 35-point game like he had at Philadelphia just a couple of weeks ago. I think that wraps it up for this game. Let's go to... Oh, my cousin Vinny was on there, and I watched the game. Uh, me too. Me too. Uh, uh, I'm finished with this guy. On Paramount? Yep. Yep. Paramount's great, man. They got the great movies all the time. Yep. By the way, I, uh, I didn't think I was going to get to this point because I didn't really like the first episode. I was disturbed by it. But, yeah, I'm... I'm hooked on Squid Game. <laughs> I forgot. Did you guys watch it? 
Not yet. You, you don't. I, you, I've not. No, it's it's not a thing for me, right? No, you know what? Like, it's a damn good show. Except, I think it's the violence is gratuitous. It's it's just disturbing. But everything I'll probably just, I'll probably just read a book instead. Everything that's not violence <laughs> is actually really good and very compelling. All right, Detroit at Cleveland. We got two games left. We got Detroit at Cleveland and Houston, I don't Tennessee. Read the books. <laughs> Detroit at Cleveland. Need no read. I have a stat of the game. Oh, I couldn't tell who it was about, but now I know who it's about. DeAndre Swift. You know, Heath made a great point to to point out that Dan Campbell took over the play calling duties and things kind of changed, but he still had six targets at Pittsburgh. And that was with Jared Goff throwing 25 passes. So the possibility maybe of a workhorse back and involved in the passing game, I mean, it was weird that he had five receiving yards, but well, still got the targets. There was this thing, and Pete talked about it multiple times early in the season on FFT about how Anthony Lynn liked Jamal Williams. And Jamal Williams didn't play last week. But it did seem like we, we had the Campbell quote early in the year about how they have to get the ball to DeAndre Swift more. And then there was the... The Anthony Lynn likes Jamal Williams thing. And then the first game where Dan Campbell calls plays, DeAndre Swift gets 36 touches. I'm not sure he can play the rest of the season with Dan Campbell calling plays because he might, he might get just destroyed. But I think uh, DeAndre Swift's going to get a lot of touches as long as Dan Campbell is calling plays. Is there anything tricky in this game? I guess the only tricky thing would be is are you still confident in TJ Hawkinson? Yeah, we can get to Jarvis Landry in a second, too. But yes, are you still confident in TJ Hawkinson? He had a game in week five where he had two catches for 22 yards on three targets. And in his following three games, 11 targets, nine targets, 11 targets. So you hope for that same kind of response after a one-target game at Pittsburgh. Are you confident? Yeah, I I would hope so. I also don't think that they're going to be competitive in this game early if the Browns run game is doing what the Browns run game typically does and the Browns defense shows up especially if it's Tim Boyle starting a quarterback for Detroit. Uh, one thing that I think that's – it's not just the play calling for Dan Campbell. Their offensive line's finally healthy. You know, the, yeah. the group that they were expecting to have early in the season is there for Detroit, so that's big, um, which I think helped tremendously against Pittsburgh. But, uh, look, the, the, if the Browns th- – this feels like, you know, the, the, what the Browns do. You know, they come off a loss, and they bounce back, and they play well. You know, go back to the, the Bengals game, you know, when – the, the first time they got rid of Odell Beckham and how they performed against Cincinnati. So I think they're going to have their way with Detroit, and I think it's going to be a little bit tough for the Lions offensively, but you're not benching DeAndre Swift. No, but Hawkinson, are you benching Or Hawkinson. Hawkinson. I think Hawkinson. I think Hawkinson's still a starting tight end. you gotta have, you got to have a lot of faith you know, in either A, have picked up Hunter Henry along the way, and you want to trust you know, the touchdown potential there tonight, or you know, Dan Arnold and PPR, but I, I still think most people that have had Hawkinson, I have Hawkinson obviously a couple leagues, I'm not benching him. Uh, in this matchup. Okay. And then Heath, any interest in Jarvis Landry or Donovan Peoples-Jones? I I have a little bit. that The Donovan Peoples-Jones injury thing, we obviously have to keep an eye on that. I, if he's not at practice today, then I'll probably just cancel that interest. But I do think Jarvis Landry, like compared to any of the wide receivers in tonight's game, I would probably rather start him over all those guys. He's right in that Jacoby Myers range. I like the fact that he's had 18 targets over the past two weeks. It's too bad that he's not really done anything with them, but I, I, I don't mind him as a number three. Landry was talking about not getting the ball. <laughs> yeah, he will game coming. He also talked about how he's not healthy though. And he's we know he's just playing so beat up. 
The Lions suck. Um, they also give but up that, a lot of big That's the question I have, plays. too, because DK was talking about get your playmakers the ball. Does the squeaky wheel game count if you're actually getting a ton of targets? It's a good point. Man, Landry has 18 targets over the past two weeks. What are you complaining about? <laughs> Do something with them. I agree. Uh, wait, does he have 18? That seems high. Or no. are we going in reverse order? Yeah, you're going in reverse. See, come on. Put the top games. I no. trust your notes. First of all, thank you for reading notes. the notes. I do appreciate that. I, I live by the yeah, notes. They just got 10 targets the last two weeks. Yeah. I don't know he had 18. No, I was, I I was reading Adam's notes in the wrong order. I would last agree. four games, I assumed the top two games were the two most recent. No, I never do it that way. I do. Adam it. was writing in Hebrew. He was going left to right. <laughs> yeah. Well, how would you write that? If you were going to write out the last four games for someone, Jamie, would you do most recent? Would you do most recent on top or most recent on the bottom? Most recent on the bottom. Of course, come on. So his targets have been eight, ten, five, and five uh, over the last four games. Detroit gives up a lot of big pass plays. It's kind of their thing, and they've allowed ninety-seven or more yards. All right, there we go. I like it. Okay. Uh, Any interest in Austin Hooper? He's got six, two, and five targets in his last three games. Which, which three? Three games ago, he had six, or three games ago, he had five? <laughs> three games ago, he had six. <laughs> you know, like Rocky Six, when Adrian was resurrected? I think I still have Najoku ahead of Hooper. <laughs> All right, Houston at Tennessee. We're still more games? One more. You talk about big plays. David Najoku makes big plays. If there's no Donovan Peoples-Jones, I might like Najoku a little more as a DFS play. Okay. I think Adam Trout. Uh, I think we just reiterate if there's no Nick Chubb, Ernest Johnson is a superstar. Yeah, yeah. Super duper star. Houston at Tennessee. Stat of the game. Everyone scores. The uh, Titan, the Texans have played nine games. A running back has scored in seven of them. The two the two exceptions were Jacksonville in week one, where James Robinson got five carries, and Carolina in week I want to say three when Christian McCaffrey left with an injury. So everyone scores. We're hoping Deontay Foreman starts to take over a little bit. Heath, what's holding you back from moving Foreman in, up in your rankings? Man, would you pay attention? At the beginning of the show, we said Deontay Foreman's not a rankings dispute oh, anymore because okay. I moved him up to 24th. We talked about how right. Jeremy McNichols right. did the concussion protocol, and none of us knew that <laughs> until yesterday. And so I like Deontay Foreman as a borderline number two. All right, so my problem, the reason why why I forgot is because when I think about what was said on the show, I go from the end of the show to the beginning of the show <laughs> as I try to, <laughs> to recall. I understand. That makes sense. All right, so, Jamie, where do you have Foreman now? Is Heath the high guy on Foreman now with 24? Uh, he might be. He's not far from me. Um, I also have not removed McNichols yet because the show is taking six hours. Um, <laughs> so Foreman, fun, is a, Foreman is a borderline starter as long as McNichols misses the game. Uh, but even so, he's he's a strong flex play. I think you know it's it's the the, the takeover happens this week. All right, Brandon well, Cooks. I would like to know a, a mistake that Heath made in, in looking at something. He thought that this was a homecoming game for Adrian Peterson. That's <laughs> right. I remember <laughs> that. on that show too, but he'd already forgotten. <laughs> no, I remember. Uh, so we like Foreman as a as a, a low end starter. Uh, stat of the game number two: the Texans allow the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends. And Ryan Tannehill has thrown a touchdown to a tight end in four straight games. Two to Pruitt, two to Swaim. You can have fun with that one. Probably not going to use them, but don't be shocked if a tight end scores. Uh, Brandon Cooks, big game, must start? Yes, must start. Uh, Obviously, the quarterback was different last year, but in the two games against the Titans, you know what his numbers are? No. 20 catches, 234 yards, and three touchdowns. 
Ooh, all right. Yeah, start Brandon Cook, start AJ Brown. I think I'm I'm surprised that you guys have Ryan Tannehill as high as you do. That was actually what inspired me to say that it was a crummy week for quarterbacks. If he's top twelve, he's seventh for or eighth for Heath now, something like that. Uh, uh, our projections have him like top five too oh, on Sportsline. Just hasn't really earned that. He's only had two good games. They've been against both against the Colts. I know I it's think a good matchup. I saw the last month, and I'm going to pull this up. That he has been like the number. He's been. I think he's been a top. I mean, I don't know exactly what it was, so I'm going to pull it up. But one thing he's had a lot of is rushing touchdowns. Yes. Yes. And and he has taken over a few, a little bit more of the outside runs inside the five yard line. I think because they don't exactly have guys to run those types of plays right now. Um. So I. I like his chances to get in, in the end zone on the ground. Yeah, he scored uh, four, of his fast, four of his past five games. He scored a rushing touchdown. But he's been 20 or more fantasy points in three of his last four. Not a very high ceiling in those games, but at least he's gotten you to 20. Um, and again, history, if we're looking at Brandon Cook's history in this matchup, Tannehill's history in this matchup, um, he averages 28 and a half fantasy points per game against Houston his past four games against them. Since week seven, Matthew Stafford is the only quarterback who has scored more fantasy points than Ryan Tannehill in four points per passing touchdown leagues. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So Tannehill or Russ? Tannehill. Tannehill. Tannehill or... Well, I know you're going to take him over Carr. He's going to be close with Tua. Yeah, I think I pretty much know where he hurts. Or Tannehill. Tannehill. Uh, Tannehill. And... Anyone else that's not obvious? I mean, Marcus Johnson had 100 yards last week. He has 160 for the season. I, I want him on my bench. He has a 20% target share in the last three games without Julio. Um, I think he's a good would be he's a good DFS play where he's cheap. I know on FanDuel his price was bumped up a little too much. He's already 5600, but great matchup, good volume, and Vrabel was praising him um, in the press conference last week. And any interest in a Texans running back? No. All right. Go do your thing. Get out of here now, Jamie. By the way, if We're the show, done? if the show is too long, make sure you read the cliff notes or just check the timestamps. I'll even work on that joke. Wait uh, until the movie comes out. About about five minutes, right at the start of this game when you were saying how long the show was taking. It was a long one, but a very good one. Much appreciated. We'll talk to you uh, 2 p.m. on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. If you have any starts and questions, the wood you hates can yourself. ask them there. The wood hates our show. Uh, inside joke we'll explain sometime see you later